I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who can never resist a good butt joint joke. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. Well, what's up, everybody? It is show number 539, and on today's show, we're talking about making barn videos, sharpening curved blades, learning how to train someone in a one-man shop, and we heard from you... Oh, boy, I wrote that poorly. (laughs) So we heard from you guys about things that are Matt's fault, and we're going to tell you all about it coming up soon. But uh, before we get to that... We want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away a $250 gift card to just one lucky Wood Talk listener. Enter for your chance to win before January 31st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. And if you want to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. This time we're thanking Eli Center, Meredith Woodworks, and Jeff Barry. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Thank you all. Thanks for the support. Always appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I think we have a voicemail from Eli later on. I recognize the name. Okay, I think I have a question from Jeff too. Look at that. Become a patron and get your stuff on the show. That's right. It's the only <laughs> we are not above bribery. <laughs> that's all we'll do. No guarantees. And- Still no guarantees though. That's right. If you're lucky, you get a chance. Let's call it's it that. Sheer dumb luck, actually. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> oh, snap. All right, let's get to what's on the bench. So I'm going to try to get through these quickly. I got a couple of things. First of all, a Felder planer arrived in my shop and it's still sitting there not not doing anything. It's not plugged in. It's got no power, but it, man, does it look cool. You know, that was good timing mm-hmm. because my my planer crapped out like the week after you got that. So <laughs> oh, did it really? Hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that stinks. What happened to it? Were, were you hoping that it would just start planing spontaneously? Is that <laughs> you figured you step up to a felder? It's a felder. I don't have to actually do anything. Nah, to I mean, geez, I'm paying anything. enough for it. It should show up and just work. I shouldn't have to just do anything. Start working. <laughs> yeah. It's going to cost me a lot more money just to get it to turn on. Uh huh. Yeah. Ridiculous. Welcome. Uh, but I, I'm excited about it, though, because this thing is a beast. Um, I have uh, started to accept the fact that. 
I'm not going to be like the midlife crisis guy that's buying a, a sports car. You know what I mean? Or I don't know, find a girlfriend yeah, or something like that. You that's, say those things now. I mean, the sports car thing. I don't know the girlfriend thing. But. <laughs> about the girlfriend? I was going to say, like, like you have a choice when it comes to finding a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, it's not knocking even, down the I door. S- I say that as if I have the power to do that. <laughs> to, <laughs> right. It's really dumb. You, you have no speaking, game. You speaking as someone who also has no game. Yeah. What <laughs> what little I had is completely gone at this point. Um, but yeah, so I'm more of like thinking about where this Felder planer comes in uh, in my life. It definitely is a midlife woodworker, midlife crisis kind of situation. Like I don't need it. It's definitely more than anything, you know, I do deserves, but I wanted it. I really wanted it. And it makes me happy every time I see it, even though I haven't even turned it on yet. So uh, that's what the Felder planer is all about. Uh, it's also just put like a racing stripe on and it can be your sports car. Ooh, yeah, it's got wheels on base, it. you know, yeah. Drive it around the, uh, the parking lot. Be pretty nice. <laughs> oh, and uh, speaking of driving that thing around, um, I got to touch on things that are Matt's fault later on for my own little addition to that segment. <laughs> Talk about that. Nice. There's a little uh, little preview for you. Uh, let's see. Aside from the planer, I am also working on a dining table for my house. Uh, Nicole is the gaming dining table is still with us. It's uh, it's still doing its thing, but she's just ready for something different. And I think we're going to retire that maybe to like a little gaming area in the basement or something. And she wants a big walnut dining table that can serve more people. And uh, we just had a little practice Thanksgiving thing uh, yesterday, actually, with uh, all of our family. And it was pretty obvious we need a little bit more space for serving food and and all that fun stuff. So a big dining table project coming up and acoustic panels. I've been making lots of acoustic panels because in the process of filming that dining table project, I started to think, you know how like you're making a video in suboptimal conditions and you just know that during the edit, when you go to watch that stuff, you're going to be kicking yourself going, this doesn't sound good. And I want this to be like the best it could possibly be. So I stopped mid project and decided to finally finish these acoustic panels because I would like the audio to not sound like trash when I'm talking. So, uh, this little echo chamber of a shop that I have now, hopefully with these acoustic panels is going to sound a whole lot nicer. So we'll see how that goes, but those have been mostly constructed and I'm waiting on the, um, uh, the acoustic fabric to come in so we could put the Line them with fabric and then hang them from the ceiling. It's lots now of can can Nicole like leverage her glowforge to like put designs on those stretchy fabric and things know. like that are possible with the glowforge. I mean, on this scale, Maybe not the glowforge or something around <laughs> that line. That's just that just moves into Nicole's area. Yeah. You got to go into her area for this. Yeah, yeah. Know? But she would love it, though. Um, and I have threatened to put all three of our faces repeating on the patterns, uh, you know, on each panel. We each get a face, uh, put our faces on there. I think that look great. But I don't know. We'll see. Right now, I'm just I just want to cut the acoustics. I don't care what it looks like, quite frankly. <laughs> so it's just too echoey in there. Let's be done with it. I'm just envisioning, yeah. <clears throat> like, especially if you did it repeating all the way around the shop, I can just see like some sort of almost like dream sequence type edit where. Like you've been working in the shop too long. You start to get delirious and, you know, the the Harry Giggler voice comes in kind of laughing, kind of yeah. like a Batman Joker thing. Sure. And you start to spin and there's just those faces all the way around. Yeah. And, ah, and then you go into the dream sequence you're really and you wake up people and you're in. If you do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, the Fermona silhouette would kind of be the perfect thing to put on all of them. <laughs> Every single one of them. I think that'd be great. It would encourage... <laughs> encourage your kids never to go into the shop. Yeah. Daddy, just, it's, it's scary for Mona. I already got one of those on the back of the toilet in the shop. 
um, oh, yes, peeking I behind got, a plant. I got a few uh, pictures of that sent to me from your open oh, house. Oh, really? <laughs> from people at the open <laughs> nice. house? That's yes. great. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, uh-huh. I thought they'd enjoy that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, what the hell? Oh, that's all right. You're Matt, there. Okay. Matt's not, always watching. Because they're me a picture. I'm like, is this your house? Did Mark start a trend? <laughs> It's a new trend. But it's the same, like, oh, it's the same toilet, the same, like, yeah. plant or whatever the hell you have in there. Every time, like, okay, thank God. It's not, like, everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's at least fantastic. it's not in the toilet, Matt. I mean, you are in the back of the toilet. Whatever, you know. Yeah, it could branding. be branding. I'll put me in. Could be at the bottom of the could bowl. Could be more. It could be a target. So. <laughs> hey, whatever. You're thinking about me. It's all matters. Yeah. Can't not think about you, man. It's <laughs> constant. All right. Uh, that's, that's all I have. Uh, Shannon, what do you got going on? Um, I built uh, a bow saw this week and something about, I put the post on Instagram, something about that post encouraged people not to comment, but to send me direct messages about how I was doing it wrong. That's the best. Oh, good. (laughs) Now, now the funny thing is like, I got, I got comments from like very helpful comments from saw makers. Like, you know, I would have, you know, made those, the the big thing was because I was actually cutting the teeth into a blade starting with a blank piece of steel and filing in my teeth. So several helpful sawmakers are like, oh, you know, you should have said something. I would have punched out the teeth for you and sent you the blade or all that. Um, that was fine. Mm-hmm. It's the people you, you got to love it when people go into, into the, into the private messages because they know that what they're about to say is somewhat like annoying. So, <laughs> oh my God. And it just, it sparked this. Actually, I did this and um, I do a, a weekly update in the hand tool school, just kind of stuff that's going on. And I ended up uh, mentioning this because people were like so up in arms that I took the time to file the teeth in and that I was wasting all this time. And basically, how dare I teach people how to waste time like this? And <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Jeez. I spent a total of, and I actually looked at the clock, I spent a total of 23 minutes filing in these teeth, uh, 144 teeth and a file. For 23 minutes, quick. really not that long. Yeah, it really doesn't take that long. So I was like this whole rant about, you know, how much time would I have spent like sending it off to someone to actually cut the teeth or to punch the teeth in and then waiting for it to come back. Or I had several people who told me that I could create a jig to do that. Well, how long would it have taken me to create a jig for the saw blade that I'm never going to make ever again. I mean, if I do make another saw blade, it's going to be a different pitch. So the jig that I just made isn't going to work. <laughs> and, I, you know, I've been working uh, woodworking, I don't know, a while now. I have made hand filed, all told, three different saw blades in more than probably 15 years. So do I really need a jig? Like, at what point do you just like do it? Just just get it done. You know, is was it tedious? Was it was it, you know, repetitive? Absolutely. I was hand filing 140 some teeth. There's no, you know, pretty way to make that sound. It's just put on some good music and get through it as quickly as you can. But it blew me away, like the number of people that decided to write in and tell me I was doing this wrong and that there's a better way I should be doing it. So yeah. The internet is alive and well, folks. Indeed. Apparently, I speak to the people that want to tell me how I, quote, should be doing things. <laughs> well, I mean, you did ask, so. I found my people. <laughs> Sorry, I got lost in something. Uh, <laughs> I, I, was, I, was paying, I promise I was paying attention, but um, it's, <laughs> it's a busy work day, just in case anyone knows. A lot of times we record on the weekends and it's quiet and there's nothing going on. But now I've got two other people in the shop. And it's very distracting as things are happening around me. So 
Apologies if I seem distracted. Um, Matt. More than usual. Yeah, more than usual. <laughs> more than just my own brain. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you got going on, man? Uh, I, I'm finally to a point, I think, where my life is kind of getting back to normal. Maybe. Um, I'm starting to think about working on my kitchen. Finally. <laughs> nice. Time to have a fourth kid. Um, no. No. <laughs> no. That, that's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, the, the barn is just about done. We got, um, well, my kind of part of working on it is basically done. Um, mm-hmm. they're insulating it this week and the plumber is going to come hook up the boiler and, um, electricians are going to figure out how they're going to get some kind of power out there because our, um, power utility isn't planning on coming out at all this year to install power oh. to the building. So we're going to find some kind of temporary solution in the extension cord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just very, get a bunch of them. Very large extension cord to do what <laughs> yeah, I man. do out there. Do it. Get it <laughs> like, on the yeah. spool. See, and then you don't need a boiler. Like a six thousand dollar extension cord. <laughs> yeah, and that's not even enough. I need a couple of those. So like, uh, yeah. Daisy chain, you got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So there's so well, I'll work on that. Figure that out. You know, if that's <laughs> this a small hiccup in the grand scheme of things, but you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, I moved out of my warehouse last week, which was a kind of, uh, it was it was nice. I've been dreading doing it for a while. It's been like something in the back of my mind of things I have to do. Um, and it's just nice to not have to think about that or, or worry about that kind of anymore. It's a, a huge weight off my shoulders. It's like, oh, there's some mm-hmm. big thing I have to do at some point. Just get it done and be done with it and move on. So I'm, I'm done with that. That's all sitting out there in the barn in storage until nice things are a little more finished up out there and then mm-hmm. i can actually start setting up for real but at least whatever i'm i'm moved gotta be a weight off your shoulders though that's cool if i feel, I feel a lot better this week like mm-hmm. i've been it's been very stressful i don't know whatever it's been like six eight months whatever it's been so yes it's like i'm finally i can see the end of it it's gonna work out whatever or work out well enough <laughs> i guess right. And sure. uh, I can kind of start thinking, okay, I can finally start seeing like my life going somewhat back to normal. Maybe I'll get into the shop again soon. Yeah. What, what's the uh, total what time idea. frame you've been in this? It's a, it's a weird state. I don't even know what to call it. But since the house project started, that seems to be the point when things kind of went a little off course. For, uh, off course yes. is the wrong word. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's on a different course, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we started been a while. renovating the house mid-October 2021. Okay. So I'm a little yeah. over a year of sidetracked stuff. Yeah, okay. That's good. I'd be curious to see <clears throat> when you do get back into the shop, like, do you still know how to cut dovetails? You know, is, well, is it is it one of those things speak, where speaking of, it's not speaking like riding that, a bike? So I, I have been tossing up this idea. Uh, we have all these drawers to make for the kitchen. And being the stupid and crazy person that I am, I'm actually considering hand dovetailing all of these drawers, the entire kitchen. Sounds like a good use of your time. You know, <laughs> I haven't been in the shop for like a year for real. So I'm like, you know, if it takes me all week, I, all I have to do is sit out there. And enjoy uh, the smell of some sawdust and the sound yeah. of a handsaw and a chisel whacking into a board. That sounds yeah. quite pleasing at this point in my life. Instead I feel of like standing a dovetail jig on a router, listen to a scream for six yeah. hours. I think the time away may have clouded your judgment a little bit. Um, 
my I judgment has always been poor. <laughs> so if it's clouded, wow. it's probably better. I've never yeah. claimed to make good decisions. Yeah, you said yes when we asked you to co-host the show. So it is always That's true. Oh man, that yeah, that was. Do you have any time. idea how many drawers you're talking about here? I have to get like back you, into the plans and everything, but I don't know, probably like twenty to thirty. Huh. It's all yeah, good dovetails with an applied yeah. front, so they don't have to be that pretty either. I, I and I also think it's one of those things. I know for me personally, the first one sucks, right? But if you have two, three, four, it actually seems to get progressively easier once you are in that mode. So I mean, oh, it, yeah, it sounds like it would be a lot of work, but I think you would get through it probably even faster than you think. Yeah. Well, and depending on like the variability and the sizes, I know I gang together parts quite a bit. Yeah. Like if you're building a chest and there's three drawers that are the same, you know, height to them, I just gang them together um, and cut all the tails at once. That actually speeds things up kind of nicely. Um, I don't know. I've always said that if it was more than like 10, that I don't know that I would try to do it by hand, but uh, I don't know. I just think it would look cool too. Where the shot is like the, the whole kitchen's painted, but the only thing that's not painted is the, the drawer boxes the cabinet yeah. interiors and the floor. So I'm like, mm, Oh, that could okay. be kind of a cool, like you pull the drawer open and yeah, it's dovetails, but it's like real dovetails, not those tiny little half blind machine ones that you right. see on manufacturing. Well, if cabinets. nothing else get started, you can always pull out the router in the That's jig. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, if, <laughs> it, if it goes four, to crap, you know, so what? I just try and remember how to use a dovetail jig. And spend That's six the other hours thing. I recommend starting by, by the, the time you get through that manual, you're going to have 10 drawers. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's why true. I never used that's it. True. I'm like, God, this sucks. It's so annoying. Every single time you're like, how do this Make again? Sure yeah. Do some what test do do? boards too. And like, yeah, you burn through like how many test pieces. This is too loose. This is too loose. Yeah, this is too tight. Now it's too loose now. again. What the hell? And you're like, I just I want, at least I just be, want um, the woodwork. I don't want to set up a machine all day. <laughs> Would you consider at least a hybrid method to get the start like of, of some of your, maybe your tail initial cuts done and I would, do all the I would clean do out? Like I would do like a piece of furniture where I like, I'd be using my dovetail jig at the bandsaw to cut my tails and I right, hog okay. all the waste at the table saw. And all I'm doing is like cleaning up and some chisel work at the yeah, bench. Uh, it's going to be fast. And I take, I take what I said back. I think you should do it. Good. Yeah. Good. I blame hey, you. Is your, is, <laughs> oh, good. Matt, is your dog snoring? Oh yeah. She's right here. Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't have a French bulldog, but something told me that that sounds like the snore of a French bulldog, basically a small <laughs> version of what my dog does. <laughs> I could have sworn I heard it. A little, little more elegant snoring, maybe. Yeah. With a little more accent. <laughs> with, with an accent. <laughs> a little less, a little more snore, cheese on it. Snore. A little more cheese. It's <laughs> a yeah. big guess. Right. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, you know, the, the only advice I'll give Matt is start with the drawers on the bottom. Start with like the most, the most unobtrusive, the ones that get used the least amount. Mm -hmm. um, you know, don't, don't make like the utensil drawer. Do that one last. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'll be really good by the then. Time. Yeah. Focus, focus on the drawer that like you put random spatulas in and stuff like that on the bottom. That's. Well, I don't know. In general, I'm looking forward to this because it's going to be a little more shoppy and I can, I'm going to have a little bit more fun with the cabinets as making them more furniture-ish. Mm -hmm. I guess. Right. And all of the, like it's sure. all built like furniture because it's all inset. Everything's inset. So it's like every other piece of furniture I ever make anyway. Right. So I get to sit up there and make some doors that fit perfectly to whatever the cabinet's doing. 
We're going we're gonna to have some pretty fine gaps on these things. This is going to be, <laughs> this is a pretty high-end kitchen we're talking here. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you mean. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, good, good. I'm excited to see it all come together, to see all those dovetails posted on Instagram every day for two weeks. <laughs> daily dovetail. Um, <laughs> the daily, Matt's daily, daily, dovetail. daily dovetail, literally. <laughs> I love it. That'd be great. <laughs> all right, let's get to some kickback. Um, Shen, you grabbed that first one. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Apparently, um, the lumber update was recognized on Fine Woodworking's podcast. As it should be. Having <laughs> produced a phenomenal episode on Baltic Birch. So, yeah, it's good to know out of all the episodes out there, it's the one about Baltic Birch <laughs> that got noticed. But, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Definitely. It was kind of cool to, to hear that pop up. to know that we're talking about, you know, fine plywood. And uh, there it is. Ben just kind of dropped it out there. There's this great podcast. So appreciate that, guys. Thanks. Awesome. Hey, put the link to the Baltic Birch episode in the notes when you do that, too. Wait, you have, oh, yeah. you have another <laughs> podcast? Yeah. What? I might as well link to somebody other podcast rather than <laughs> link to my own. Gosh. <laughs> Self-promoting hack, you know, Mark. In case Jeez. you want to. I'm just, you know, that's the kind of guy I am these days. So oh. it just, it's funny because before we started recording, we talked about how terrible we are at promoting our own stuff. Here we yeah, go. It's a perfect example. <laughs> I think it's just like over a decade of being told that I'm, I do nothing but whore myself. Oh, bad terminology here. I'm sorry, but you know what I'm going to say? Ho, ho myself <laughs> out. Can I say it that way? Hey girl. Um, Chill. As being one of the like earliest people to sort of commercialize the effort of content production. I have been told that constantly. So I am so gun shy about how much advertising I do and how many things I try to sell people that it, to this day, I still have problems promoting my own stuff when I'm supposed to. I'm getting better though. We, so we should start all, like, all a, like an alliance. We just we promote like each other's stuff, so that yeah. person doesn't have to. Right. You know, I like that. There you go. Thing. Sounds good to me. I'll look forward to the next uh, Wood Whisper ad in your <laughs> next build video. You know, I can do it. Go see that buddy <laughs> I know Mark you over can. Here. He's pretty cool. <laughs> I know you he can. Make some silly jokes about me. <laughs> see if you can I find them what? all. <laughs> I try to. <laughs> if they can make a bingo right. card. <laughs> yeah, the Matt Joe Take card. Take a bingo card over to Mark's channel and see if you can find all the references <laughs> listed on this card. Oh, uh, okay. I ran out of ideas with that though. I'm gonna. I'll take a break from making fun of Matt. Maybe I'll switch to making fun of Shannon. Hey, good luck. That'd be fun. That shouldn't be too hard. Not, how are you gonna make fun of Shannon? <laughs> I don't can't. know. You'd be you like, he's on. too smart. That guy. Look, he's tall. Like, <laughs> he's, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. i think a lot of people have had fun with just those two points alone yeah. so i think it'll be all right <laughs> okay let's get to uh one more kickback here this one is a voicemail style kickback from austin about changing table saw blades hey mark shannon and matt this is austin from ohio i'm a remodeling contractor and i just wanted to throw some kickback at you regarding the last episode where you were talking about changing table saw blades in my professional shop, I have two table saws, a cabinet saw and a Felder sliding table saw. The sliding table saw pretty much always gets left with a cross cut uh, blade on it. And the cabinet saw does get changed between a plywood blade, a ripping blade and a dado stack. Um, I do have two more table saws in storage that I'm likely going to pull out and put into the professional shop. And then my job site saw is a saw stop job site pro. 
and that one gets the blade switched a lot because on site I only have one table saw. Just thought I would throw that at you guys. Have a great one. And thanks for not quitting or knitting. Whew, that car noise was loud in my headphones. Yikes. That's great though. Thank you, Thank you for that information, Austin. It's always cool to hear how like the real woodworkers do it. Okay. <laughs> so here's a new segment. Congratulations ready on for being this? a real woodworker, Austin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a new segment that we're going to do once. It's, uh, it's <laughs> one time only. It's called, yeah. It's called Matt's Fault. Play the theme music. Um, yeah, I didn't. I should have gone to Fiverr and gotten something done. Uh, what so the this hell? Is, you did it for uh, Shannon once for his one-time lumber industry update and it spawned a whole show. And then it was a whole entire show. You want a whole show called Matt's Fault? I was going to say, <laughs> let's spin off Matt's Fault. Yeah, <clears throat> that'd be a good one. You know, I would people, listen. If people would listen, I'll do it. That's fine. <laughs> no problem there. Yeah. All right. So we asked you guys uh, kind of jokingly about things that were Matt's fault and hashtagging it's Matt's fault. And uh, there were some funny responses, but we did get a couple in email form. And I wanted to read those to you because it's actually kind of kind of nice to hear these things. It's complimentary for you, Matt. Um, the first one, though, is actually from me. And this comes from with my I, I, I mentioned it earlier with uh, <laughs> I get to go first. Get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, I wrote the notes here. I get to do what I want. Uh, so I got that Felder unit, right? So we had to get it off the pallet and the manual recommends a pallet jack or some other thing that can get, you know, forks underneath it to move it and certainly not picking it up from the top. <laughs> it's not going to go over a while. So I like, what do we do? Well, Jason, thankfully, uh, my brother-in-law who works with me now has, you know, lots of local friends and access to some heavy equipment should we need it. And he was able to get a skid loader with a nice set of forks on there, got this thing moved. And the one thing I've noticed, and this has been hinted at in the past when I would show like the goofy ways that I lift heavy stuff, just because that's all I have access to. You can't use heavy equipment in this woodworking world of ours without invoking the name of Macromona. Like <laughs> it's almost like he, he either invented it or the only reason people are aware that these things exist is because they saw Matt use it. So they have to attribute everything to Matt Cremona. <laughs> it's, it was the weirdest phenomenon. And I think this happens a lot in, in like the content world. People get, you know, if you, you can't use pallet wood without somebody mentioning like Paul Jackman, right? Like oh, it's that, that type of thing. Um, so Matt, thank you, but it is your fault now that someone can't show a skid, a skid loader without invoking your name and saying it's like we learned it from you or it's, we should have gotten you to do it it's also <laughs> like, it's, this is a weird one for me because it's the it's like the weirdest brand shift because back in the right. day i didn't have any of these things <laughs> right and like i moved things creatively with like winches and pulleys or my log trailer i used that to like lift that's how i brought my table saw down the driveway i picked it up with my trailer and back down the driveway with it <laughs> right but like that's how i used to function and then suddenly now i'm known for having big things like that's like always been my thing apparently is having equipment big things which yeah. isn't the case big things and now you just move it with a joystick yeah yeah there's yeah this is the and now that's a lever now when you go to rent heavy equipment you're required to watch a matt cremona playlist a youtube playlist <laughs> please before, while you're waiting you know, watch these matt cremona shows. watch this guy do something dumb <laughs> check this box i learned i learned from matt cremona yeah, i know everything use please don't check the box <laughs> <laughs> Well, this ties into Gordon's uh, description of uh, and actually a question for you as well, Matt. So oh, I'll just read what Gordon okay. says. He says, 
I'm a lower intermediate woodworker getting back into it after several years. At this point, I think I need to add a tool or two to my arsenal to get to that next level and have been doing some research online, wondering if I should buy once and cry once to get a uh, telehandler or if I should start with a skid steer knowing I'll outgrow it in a year or two. And he attributes <laughs> all of this to, to Matt. I'm, I'm pretty sure you keep <laughs> that is so Matt's fault. <laughs> the fact that he's even considering going straight to a telehandler. I'm I mean, sorry. why not? That is so Matt's fault. Well, what's, it was yeah. funny about the telehandler thing is like when I got it, the, the sentiment was, why the hell would you buy that? That seems like the stupidest thing to buy. Yeah. Why didn't you buy it? Like, like people suggest that I buy a backhoe. I'm like, why the hell would I buy a backhoe? What the hell am I going to do with that? And now it's like, oh, I see. This actually makes a lot of sense for you. You put a lot of thought into this purchase. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and now everyone else who moves anything has to hear, why didn't you just use a telehandle? <laughs> that just cracks me up. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. <clears throat> They're all out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I work at I work at like one of the largest importers of lumber in the country, and and we have two of them, and it's like you know two of those to like thirty four clips. <laughs> it's just not it's just not a common tool, even in a large production environment like ours. The fact that the the, the home ward worker is thinking, should I buy a telehandler? <laughs> It'll ch it will it will yeah. change your uh, life. You have I'll to have your own damage. parking space. We use it for there all kinds of things. It's like if mm -hmm. you want to change the oil, story oil in Matt's, your car, Matt's you don't book. need a car lift. Just lift your car up in the air and change your oil. No problem. There we go. Mm, sounds like work. All right. Joshua don't, has, don't. has some comments here. Uh, he says he was offered. So, oh, this is me describing it. Uh, Joshua was offered some cherry and hickory logs and accepted them, even though he only had a pickup truck and no way to break them down. Now he has a chainsaw, a cheap beam guide, and an Alaskan mill on the way. His wife is worried that the bandsaw mill in the yard is next. She should That's be It's all worried. Matt's fault. She definitely should be worried. But also excited. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Okay. I'm sure she'll get there. Uh, who wants to read Adria's? I will. I Adria is a hand tool school member, so, you know, it's important. It's important. Um, Adria... <laughs> Adria and her fiance have made their own walnut cookies for the wedding reception. A tree service cut them, but uh, Adria used a router sled and a flattening bit. Hand tool school member using a router sled. Good Lord. You let me down, Adria. Your best God. student, I, I take apparently. I take it back. Sounds like she's also a guild <laughs> member. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Anyway, she used a router sled to flatten it. And then some, um, do we call this pentacrol or pentacrol? I, I like pentacrol. pentacrol. I say pentacrol, but it sounds like pterodactyl. Like Whatever the hell that was you just said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like it does sound like a dinosaur. Like anyway. Anyway, that's when she realized it would take the cookies a year to dry, but the wedding was a month away. <laughs> so she applied armor seal and hope for the best. Now she's daydreaming about making a mini bandsaw mill, like 20 inches, because this was also cool and it's all Matt's fault. Everybody I like that. That's one. great. It, it's also Matt's fault that it took so long for the stuff to dry. Yeah, he, that, you think he could speed that up. As powerful, as powerful as he is, you think he could speed that up. Congratulations on your right. wedding, whenever it is. If it's happened already or not, I don't know. Yeah, but regardless. Congratulations. congratulations. All right. I'm not taking credit Well, it's for time, uh, time for an ad. Matt, you want to you wanna read the ad? Do you need a gift to take to an upcoming wedding? <laughs> uh, no, I'm on the spot, man. Who has them? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to let Matt read this one. Okay. Do you want me to do another 
little transition or just roll into it or what? No, just make something up real quick. Oh, you you know who else gave us a gift one time? That's right, Rockler. <laughs> I just I just like how Matt's ad voice goes up about a third. <laughs> just, a, just a little bit higher than his normal voice. Little, get a little excited about the ad reads. You know, they just excite me just a tiny bit. Not a full excitement, just like a little bit of excitement. You want to know something funny? Whenever Mateo is reading something, like trying to be a YouTuber, he does that. His voice goes up an octave. It's adorable. And I, nice. I apply that same adorable uh, viewpoint to Matt right now. Oh, perfect. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Rockler. That was very high. That was very high. It's your go-to source to build your holiday wish list. From router tables to power tools, the clamps are custom branding irons. Rockler has a wide selection with hundreds of new products to choose from. And, and, if you're not sure exactly what you want, you can never go wrong with their Rockler gift card. Find the Rockler gift giving guide, plus great holiday deals on the rockler.com homepage. Right there. <laughs> Just look at it. In your face. Just wow. Matt, like, starting the ad read. <laughs> <coughs> Rockler, <laughs> gotta fight that instinct. Oh. <laughs> way, way to lean into that, Matt. That well was done. good. Nice. I'm a good Thanks. I needed, <laughs> I needed the break from reading all these things. <laughs> oh, that was great. Well, thank you, Rockler. We appreciate your support. <laughs> Sorry, we appreciate awesome. Rockler's support and their tolerance oh, of man. our crap. <laughs> we went, we, we went to a potluck <laughs> this weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was like in someone's house in their dining room. Was, they had this large dining table. And then Did you have to drop your keys in a bowl on the way in the oh, door. No, there was curious. a lot of kids there. So it wasn't it wasn't quite that kind of thing. But drop your kids in the bowl. <laughs> yeah. <drop> your kids. <laughs> Sometimes I like to do that. Anyway, in the, in the dining room against the wall <laughs> was a woodworking bench. It was a Rockler bench. And I'm like, this is the best place for a workbench in the damn dining room. So like as a serving table type thing? That's what they were using it for at that time. But hmm. they had all like the little, like the, um, the hold fast and the clamps on the little shelf beneath it. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. it, it's clearly someone's working in here. And this is fantastic. I feel very much at home right now. Yeah. Well, that's cool though. I mean, because I've, I've seen that older, like antique workbenches used as a decorative thing. Yeah, it's, with absolutely it was kind of that No vibe, intention. But it was like an actual like, you can work woodwork here if you want, or just put your pot of food here. Whatever you want to do. It's pretty sweet. Did did you did you inquire about it? Like, well, or was it just eh, they're, they're into woodworking? So I'm like, okay, that, that made sense. Huh. It's a nice, it's a nice spot. They got a lot of windows and things. So I'm like, that's oh, probably a nice little place to work, and it's right there in the house. Wow. But it wasn't like they moved it in just for the potluck because they needed an extra place to set. No, no, no. Unless they moved it in with all of the accessories. And things still attached <laughs> to it. True. Mm-hmm. That seemed kind of silly. Yeah. Right on. All huh. right. That's my. That's anecdote. pretty cool. There you go. It's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I'm all about contributing right, so, things uh, to the show. You are on the ball today. <sighs> Monday. It's a good show. Uh, so we got some questions to answer from you guys. I got one here from Steve. He says, "I recently started listening. It's been great uh, as a distraction during the 4 a.m. bottle feeds for my new twins. Oi! Yeah. I feel the pain, man." That will be a memory I'll never forget. Not twins, but, you know, little pain, pain in the butt say, singles. Whoa, 
Whoa, back up. <laughs> no, it could have been much worse. <laughs> There's a chapter I don't know about in the Spagnola life. Nope, no twins for us. Uh, he says, listening to some of the backlog, episode 458, Mark mentioned having Jason sitting around while Mark was cutting important through uh, through tenons for the bread box build. I know Jason has recently rejoined Mark, which made me think, why not have him do similar operations on scrap as training and practice? Been loving the show. Thanks for unquitting. Uh, so yeah, Steve, this is uh, absolutely something that I should have been doing better. And I've had two, uh, now Joyce, uh, Jason, not Joyce. And, Joyce. Uh, J- <laughs> Joel, where's that from? Where are they going with that? <laughs> uh, Jason has rejoined. That's probably the word I was looking for. Rejoined the team. And, uh, and I'm really putting a lot of thought into this and into what I have done wrong in the past. Um, when you're a one man shop, and you have one set of tools and you have really one way of doing things the, the way you've been doing things. It actually is a lot harder to bring a second person in as anything but assistant, right? That like generic label of this person is there to simply assist me with the things I'm already doing. Um, what I needed to do, which was not that easy to do in that space, was bring in someone who can also, you know, work parallel with me. Um, so that they can actually get some of the same things done. And then when I am yeah, off camera, they might be able to finish those things. But the idea is the person needs as much hands-on time as possible. And it got so difficult to do in a smaller shop. And now that we're in this space, I'm really approaching things differently. And I am trying to, like anytime I've got an exercise uh, that I'm doing, If, I, for instance, I'm doing some loose mortise and tenon joinery, I cut a few extra legs. I would normally do that anyway, just to have some backups. So these legs get two big mortises into an angled part of the leg. So there's a whole way of doing this with the router. Um, but I want Jason to have some hands on time. Well, he was busy doing something else for the business at that time. I got the joinery done, but I saved the setup. I saved those two spare legs and I'm going to go through it with him. And I think that's what it comes down to. You just got to, you got to take the time to run that person through it and give them the hands on. And that's the exercise I'm going through in my head is not simply let's just get the video done which is very easy for us to default to. Uh, it's let's take the time to actually train him and having his own workbench, having some of his own tools and his own space is really conducive um, to making that happen. Whereas back in Denver and even prior to that in Arizona, that type of thing is a lot harder for me to do in such a small space because the person's always using my tools, my bench, and it's my project, right? So this is allowing us to, to give him his own, you know, control of his own things and then getting more hands on time which is just me. I just have to plan better. I have to say, okay, let's cut some extras. Let's make sure Jason is getting all the hands on time that he possibly can. Even if it's not on camera time, it's just worth it to invest that time. So, um, that email was just a good reminder of what I need to keep doing to, uh, to make sure I don't have those situations where it's like, I'm doing the important stuff and Jason's sitting there watching like that. That's never ideal. So thank you, Steve. It just sounds hard. It's tricky. It's a different yeah, way mean, of thinking. This, like thinking about it for myself, I'm like, yeah, that would be damn near impossible. Especially because right, the, the goal, space that I'm at, I'm like, I don't have room for them to do anything. Like, what am I, what are they going to do? And I'm like, it's, it's one of those things like, yeah, you should probably be investing the time into that person to develop them. But at the same time, like that's taken away from whatever you're doing in that moment. hundred percent. You're like, yeah. Oh. And that, in that instance that Steve gave, why not have Jason on the side practicing? Well, because someone would have to show him what to do. And give him a second jig to or do the if work. If he's and then, practicing and you're trying to film something, like you're yeah. gonna have some background noise. No, he can't be working right. while you're filming something. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is tricky. But space, space, and a facilities what it, is is the maybe it goes without saying, but is the motivation there? Like, 
does he want to be able to, for lack of a better term, do what you do? No, I'm forcing the interest there. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. Um, Yes. And that was part of the agreement uh, because I don't know that that motivation that I felt that motivation in him the first time around. But it was a a tricky situation because he moved away from his comfort zone. He was living in Denver. uh, And now we're, you know, he obviously went back for his family's reasons. And the situation is very different now. And the challenge was put out there that at the end of this first year, before we go into another year together, we have to make that decision. Is he happy doing this? Is he getting qualified enough to do the woodworking? Because at a certain point, once all this, like the grunt work of converting the space is done, what's left? building stuff Mm -hmm. and making videos about it. And if he can't help me with that, then neither of us are going to be happy. So that's definitely the interest is there. And, you know, we are committed to making it happen. Both of us are committed to making it happen. And hopefully at the end of that first year, we'll be there at least on our way. And then we can just kind of continue moving forward. Okay. So I'm not making it up. I felt like I remember there being like, some sort of maybe disinterest or whatever in the, yeah. the fine woodworking side. Of well, things. and I think I've said in the past, like woodworking isn't his thing. Like he likes cars <laughs> like that. That's his big hobby. He enjoys that and uh, has some interest in woodworking, but it's certainly I wouldn't call it his passion. But I think, you know, you get to a certain point in life where you have preferred types of work to do. And it's a hell of a lot more fun to work with me, you know, than to operate a telehander handler all day. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, right? maybe, <laughs> maybe you should buy like a really old tell handler and he can fix it up. He probably could. There you go. And then you can do he definitely could. Yeah. There you go. Or am I going to park the damn thing though? You got a whole firehouse. Park you have a whole firehouse. You got to come here. If they it's, put, they, they put fire trucks in there. Why can't you put a tell? Cause I got there? stupid Felder planers in the way. Just leave it in the, in the parking lot. <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah. Room. But if you have a tell handler, you can pick up the planer. That's true. And then park the tell handler. Yeah. See, it's easy. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think from a YouTube perspective, if you had Jason like restoring old woodworking machinery mm-hmm. and oh, forklifts, that'll, that'll that would just skyrocket. <sighs> We'd go oh, yeah. just nuts. Yeah, sounds fun. So with with that, are you thinking like of having him on camera doing those things, or is it more like a behind the scenes like I don't um, really need to film this right now, so Jason can work on this kind of thing? That's so. B is the initial thing, right? Sure. Like I need to be able to walk away. And if there's eight of these to do, I get one captured in video and walk away. The rest will be done when I get back. Uh, that will make us very efficient with what we do. Ideally, I want to be able to not oh. be here. And I could say, hey. I suddenly hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly yeah. hate you. Suddenly. Like if you can make that work out. Oh, my God. Like that would be amazing. Well, to an extent, <laughs> it already is. There are certain things that we've done. We've made those little spatulas. And as simple as those are, making a non-woodworker understand the nuance of getting the you know profiled edge perfect and making sure there's no scratches in the surface. That's a lot. And we had uh, that first batch we made. We had 90 of them to do. So I didn't have to do them all myself. Uh, he handled those. So it's it's definitely something that's already happening. Um, but I do think ultimately, and this is already happening too, um, he knows how to do uh, jointing and planing and run things through the table saw. So there may be things where I just say, hey, um, go ahead and progress those parts through this next step and make sure you just get some footage of it. And most of the time you just see his arms and you go, well, those aren't Mark's tattoos. <laughs> and that's how you know it's someone else. But it's not like he's necessarily teaching. He's just doing the action. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. And we'll see. I mean, it'll evolve as we go. I don't anticipate he's going to want to be on screen outside of like banter 
and, and the jokes and stuff mm-hmm. that we do back and forth. I don't think he has uh, aspirations of that, but I mean, it would be available to him if he wanted to. So, but it's going well so far, ultimately. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it's just, it's just generally interesting to me to see and hear how that kind of goes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little selfish of me to think that because it's, you know, sort of the same thing that I have to go through if I ever want to do this. Yeah. So I kind of understand a little bit. Well, especially it something that's born. It sounds overly daunting to me. Well, it's a whole business model that was born out of like being alone and being alone in a space and getting things done. Um, and then you want to integrate another person into that. Like I look at things like, I don't know, um, Bob Claggett and his whole team. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I love what he's doing. His content's fantastic. But I look at that and I go, my God, could I live with a team of that size up in my stuff like all the time? Or would that drive me crazy? Right. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's a lot of people micromanaging my day. <laughs> I don't know if I would like that. <laughs> it's, but, but I know, I know a lot of people who have gone the opposite direction and they try it and they're like, oh, can't deal with it. Yeah. You know, hate it. You know, I think it's, I think it's really difficult, especially when you founded the business and it's kind of always been your way of doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's hard. I think that, you know, one person is a good thing. I think if we went beyond this and had an additional like laborer in the space, that might start to get real tricky. Um, even in this bigger space, I think that would be problematic. Um, I think it also helps that it's family. That can be a blessing and a curse depending on relationships. In our particular case, having family means it's a vested interest. He, you know, wants this business to succeed as much as I do. Uh, you know, and his sister works for the business as well. And it's, you know, it becomes a whole family thing. So everybody's kind of on the same page as like, what's best to make this, this ship go. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we're all kind of on the same page. I don't have to worry about him stealing anything from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's family. So uh, that does make it. I'm, I'm really, I'm really upset with myself at how long it took me to make the connection. When you said his sister also works in the business. Took a while, it's right? Like, oh, you got to do you have, you have a fourth person in there. <laughs> really? I'm very ashamed of myself at how long it took me to <laughs> figure that one out. Yeah. It's Nicole's brother. <laughs> uh, all right. Got it. Enough about I'm me. with you now. <laughs> All right, that, oh, that's way, way, way longer oh, than I gosh. thought. <laughs> Matt's, yeah. well, I was, I was like feeling bad for this like person who's never been named before. It's part of the Wood Whisperer crew. Like, <laughs> yeah, when are we gonna let introduce Trixie her? Get her day? You know, yeah. <laughs> you'll never know. It's a mystery employee. <laughs> it's a silent partner. That was partner easily the best moment of this show. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt. Oh, man. your turn. <clears throat> all right, this is from Bill. <laughs> Uh, Bill says, I've been an enthusiastic hand tool school member. There you go, Shannon. They're all, would you like, have your, did you like put something on the hand tool school? Like, Hey, we have a show called wood talk. Everybody like become a patron and send questions in. (laughs) That, that would, that would mean promoting my own stuff. And you know, I don't ever do that. So sneaky tactic. So I was like, maybe I was pleasantly surprised. Maybe, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Seems strange. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Bill's been a, a hand tool school member for about three and a half years, but only recently tuned in to the Wood Talk show blog. Shannon, I'm telling you, you must Jason have said Poynton. something. He's been there th- three and a half years and never knew it was there. Yeah. <laughs> so I already know about Shannon. I'm getting to know Mark and Matt. And in doing so, my wife and I have been fascinated by Matt's barn build YouTube videos, both his content and the videography. As far as the videography, Matt, could you tell us how you accomplished the video production? I can see that much of it is holding the uh, GoPro camera, but some, but also someone else must be recording. Possibly your wife. Tell us more about the drone. How can it be so stable? Is it difficult to control? 
Do you have to worry about getting out of radio range and losing it? Where you operate inside the barn during the concrete pour and on top of the roof during the ridge capping. What about the sound recording? Is it separate from the video recording devices? It's so consistent in volume and quality, et cetera, Ooh. et cetera. This is a question, man. This is a good question. Wow. Yeah. And then another question here about the barn was the goal to use it for all your fabrication slash teaching activities. Will you move your shop there? Will it be heated? If so, how? So this kind of goes back to the earlier discussion on moving the warehouse so that the barn is becoming my new warehouse space. It will be heated. It will be um, fully functional, I guess, shop-ish space, although I won't be using it as my own personal shop. It'll be used for the physical products businesses to, uh, to live out of and do all that. The only thing that I'm probably going to move out there as far as my shop goes is like my um, metal stuff, like uh, welding type of stuff. Because I can have a little more room for like an actual welding table I can store out there. But um, yeah, that's the, the, the barn thing. Um, as far as the videos go, so this has been a very, it was a very interesting um, project and process to figure out how the hell I'm going to tell the story through video with such a large project, like physically, like it, you could be anywhere and be several hundred feet from wherever a camera just was to the number of people working on it at the same time. Um, and so it's very different than anything else I've ever produced where I am in complete control of what's going on and I'm actually able to set up shots and then do the things, maybe even reshoot something or whatever. This is like a, you only have one chance to get the footage of what's going on and you don't know where it's going to be happening and you also have to make it interesting. So the way that I went about doing that or solving that problem is to throw more cameras at it. Which is, yeah, it's something in itself. Uh, so a lot of the days I have footage from up to five different cameras, depending on what the situation was and where I was in the moment, how far I was from a camera and all of that. It got really difficult wow. when we started doing the roof because I was the one on the very top. And once you go up, you don't come down until like a break time or the end of the day or something. So I have to be even more thoughtful and proactive about how I'm going to film that, but regardless of the fact that it's a very difficult place to show, but also to be able to have the cameras there when you need them. Um, so for the roof specifically, I definitely relied on the drone a lot. Um, so that I would just put that up there. I can get about 40 minutes at a time on the battery and I would just kind of move it around as I was working. If I got done screwing a panel down quicker or something, then we're waiting for the next panel to come up. I just grab the controller move the drone to some new shot and then keep working. I also thought it was kind of fun too, as I experimented with wearing a camera on my head and giving a POV view, which that was hard. You don't realize how often you turn your head to look at things until you go back and watch <laughs> the footage. You're like, why the hell? Why can't you just hold the camera still? Why are you keep looking all over the place? I'm like, oh yeah, totally unwatchable. It's un it's one hundred percent unwatchable. Like this is okay. Well, that's garbage. So then I started training myself to look with my eyes and not my head, and to be very like purposeful with the direction I was pointing my head at when I'm wearing that thing. So <laughs> you I'm ever get see those videos of a bird <laughs> flying where the the bird locks its head almost like it's on a gimbal mm -hmm. and the rest of the body is moving? <laughs> It's kind of how I picture you now, Matt. That's exactly what it's like. You're like what the it's got that that neck is locked. Oh man, it's 
it was a lot of fun from like a problem solving videography perspective because it was so different than what I'm used to. And I, I learned so much about it. But also what is incredibly funny about this is the, um, the, I was, I was releasing videos so quickly, like for 10 days in a row, I released a video every day of the day before. So I only had, you know, six hours to edit the video and release it. So actually my, my post production quality is way, way lower than the quality of anything else I've ever done. Cause mm -hmm. it was like, all right, good enough, whatever next video don't care so i'm actually turning it out i'm not doing anything with audio besides selecting which camera makes the most sense for that moment the only creative artistic direction i took with the audio is the camera on the ground has a dead cat so it has absolutely no wind noise which gives a nice really clear and crisp sound but it doesn't represent the feeling of being on the roof with the wind blowing so i will use the audio from the roof camera with wind noise to give a little more effect of what it's like to actually be up there. Look at you. Because it's windy. Ooh, look at That's you. That's the only fancy. stylistic thing I did with audio. Uh, I didn't nice. really worry about like capturing voices as much like I would on the home renovation. Like Donovan and I were both mic'd all the time. And that gave us good audio for like speaking and everything. But it's one more thing to have to worry about having the mics on and making sure they have batteries. So I just didn't bother with that at all. And as far as the edits go, all I'm doing there is I know I have my little speaking parts where I talk about what's going on. Then I have an action sequence. So all I'm doing is I find my speaking section and then I just throw some action stuff between it. And to make it more interesting, I have at least two cameras of action shots, maybe five of action shots. All I'm doing is cutting between them and I'm able to jump time very seamlessly. You'll never know that every single cut I'm jumping time. I can jump from one panel going on the roof to the next one. And you probably won't even notice. And that's how I get through the, the monotony of the day so fast. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the barn with the concrete pour, that was an interesting one because as we were shooting it, you know, they're working their way back out the door. So if you can't walk on the area that they screeded and floated already. So what are you shooting from behind? Butts. Just people butts. Like, My favorite. This is not... This is not great. <laughs> so I put the drone in the building facing them so you can actually see what they're doing. Because otherwise you just look back there looking at people's butts, you know, and, and different people have different ways of wearing clothing on their butts. Some more mm -hmm. successful than others. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> So there was. I mean, I think I think you're missing out on a whole new there audience. A whole there. Lot of, I, mean, like, I think there are whole websites <laughs> dedicated to that. For this audience and for this presentation, there wasn't a whole lot of usable footage uh, from back there. So yes, the the drone was flying in the barn for like the entire concrete pour, being able to show a viewpoint that you couldn't normally see. And the same thing for the, the um, trawling. I didn't have to go in there. I could just fly the drone around and follow them with the trowel. And you can get high or low shots depending on where you're at. Mm -hmm. um, did did you have to have like this is kind of unrelated, but did you have to have people sign like a release? I mean, like I did. They agree to be on film. They know that they're being filmed before they get there. Um, so I don't. I probably should. I think technically you should. Te my technically, gosh, I should. But I mean, at least the construction point. crew they brought. <laughs> I don't know at least a dozen people that day. 
Um, but that's the question that well, like, I, I have I have got in the past is about like how do the subs feel being recorded? Yeah. They all know ahead of time, and no one's really had a problem with it. And like the question mm-hmm. is like, well, if they if they don't consent to being recorded, is that a deal breaker? And it would be, which is fine. But no mm-hmm. one's been like, oh no, please don't record me. Now some people are like I don't really want to talk on camera, or don't show me doing a whole lot of stuff. But for the most part, people are like, yeah, whatever. And especially with the concrete pour day. They were looking up the YouTube videos when they're waiting for the trucks. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, I know um, a couple episodes ago, I talked about like um, teaching kids and like engaging kids at various shows. Mm-hmm. And I had um, somebody contact me and say, you should really film those. Yeah. And I absolutely thought about it and was absolutely forbidden because of minors yep. that was tough. on camera. Yep. <clears throat> and it was just like, no, no, even if you bring in a release, Absolutely not. Not happening. Go away. Um, And to the point where, like, if I was the thought of me possibly even bringing a camera or the thought that I do a lot of filming almost made me lose the gig Um, because it was. So that's a different thing because you're talking about under 18. But uh, yeah, that's been on my mind a little bit recently. Sorry. Totally co-opted your conversation there. The conversation. That's what I do myself. (laughs) Yes. More of a monologue, I think. (laughs) I think that was about it, though. (laughs) <laughs> all right right on well one one related question to that what uh what gopro are you using right now uh i've never liked gopros to begin with um so i i bought the um the dji action 3 which is their new okay. like action cam type thing so i have the action 2 mm-hmm. which is the one i wear on my head it's a really small compact one and the action 3 is more like a gopro form factor but uh mm-hmm. i like that one a whole heck of a lot better than gopros yeah, well, I'm I'm with you. I I had one for a while, and I mean, this is a while ago. I think it was the four, mm-hmm. and like the whole wearable thing, like you're talking about, like the number of times you you move your head, but also like there's no amount of image stabilization that makes wearable during woodworking work. You'd be like, surprised now. They got those yeah. the stabilizers, the um, optical whatever. I, I imagine they've gotten a lot better. Oh, it's great. Um, like especially since the four. If I wear it when I'm snowmobiling, you, you, all the vibrations gone and it smooths everything out. With like my head bouncing around. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like I see a lot of guys wearing them like on the you know, mountain biking channels and things that I watch and it's just beautiful video. I was like, man, things must have changed oh, it's, since I had one. But it's worlds yeah, I was, different now, which is actually, this is an interesting was, side point too. So I have the pocket two, which is their gimbal compact gimbal based camera. So it's like the drone mm-hmm. camera, but on a stick. Um, that one has fantastic image stabilizers for like it's a mechanical stabilizer. So it does smooth motion mm-hmm. quite a bit. So if you walk around, walk and talk, like any kind of spinning or motion, the gimbal slows down any whipping that you might have. But it, it, for those moments when you just got to dance, when you got to dance, you're spinning around, <laughs> talking about something or whatever. The video is incredibly smooth and even. Um, but one thing it can't handle is machine vibration. Like at, at all, <laughs> it cannot yeah. compensate for that. But the uh, the digital stabilizers in the other cameras can handle that machine vibration just fine. Oh. But it doesn't smooth the pans. Interesting. Hey, so not to dig us deeper into this content hole, uh, but I, I like do this. now I have a question. <laughs> oh, I like this. Um, mm-hmm. Let's do this have again. you not have you not been tempted to use your phone for some of this? I do use my phone as well. I use okay. my phone for moments where I don't have another camera on me. It's the last uh, last resort. It is the last sort of resort, thing. Yes. Okay. 
because I, I actually did get one of the DJI little handheld gimbal doohickeys and did some side by side comparisons because I kept grabbing my phone and it's super inconvenient to <clears throat> to capture content with your phone when you're actually still using your phone as a phone. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was looking for another solution and then I did like a video quality comparison and I'm like, dang it, like the phone just looks so much better than what I was getting off uh -huh. of those other devices. And I, so I kind of left it by the wayside and went back to using the phone for those, those quick pickup shots like that. Yeah. I mean, it works. That's do what you want. But I guess you got to do more. You were doing more, much more long-term stuff. So you got to have a, a system and memory cards and all that. I think the, the integration with the phone is probably a different workflow to get the clips yep. off yep. the phone and it in, is. back and into the workflow. For me, it's just like, I don't have a camera. Let me just, and, and something's happening. Let me just get a yeah. fill in shot real quick. Okay. Cause otherwise nice. like a lot of the, the cameras are stationary a lot of the time. So they're just sitting right, there rolling right. for three hours. And the only reason it's so interesting because I have more than one camera to cut between. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I can't wait for the uncut director's cut version. Yeah. I think I'm good. <laughs> Can I'm we good. get that? <laughs> All right. 20 something episodes into it already. I think I'm good. Yeah. That's All crazy. right. Well, I feel kind of bad for Jeff who asked this question because now that you guys have rambled on, yeah. we, don't have, we don't have a whole lot of time here. So, and of course, Jeff asks an easy, quick to answer question that's <laughs> to do with sharpening. So Jeff says, um, I want to ask about sharpening options, um, using a horse butt strop, um, interested in getting into water stones, diamond plates, or possibly the Tormek. I just moved again. That's Mark's fault. Um, and have to rebuild the shop. <clears throat> I have uh, cheating turning tools on my lathe. I think he means like, Easy wood tools. I like that <laughs> cheating turning tools. Um, I do have a new regular turning tool. I can't see how to sharpen it on a stone or diamond plate. I can see the Tormek is an option, but I really want to sharpen freehand. How do you sharpen a curved tool on a stone or diamond plate? Um, well, first things first, <clears throat> the reason I have a Tormek is because of turning tools. Um, Tormek, Tormek is a fantastic machine for all kinds of weird shaped edges. Well, when you're talking like bowl gouges and things like that with complex grinds and eccentric grinds, the Tormek is, is the only way to do it repeatedly. Um, I don't care how good you are with freehand sharpening. The other thing with turning tools is because they're so long, it's really hard to balance a bevel on a stone when you're dealing with like a you know foot long, two foot, three foot long handle. It's nearly impossible. So if you're tur doing turning tools, you're probably going to want to have some kind of grinder, whether it's a slow speed, jet, grizzly, Tormac, or, you know, a regular high speed grinder. So when, once you integrate turning tools, it's kind of a very different answer to this question, because I just don't know of a good way to freehand sharpen a, a turning tool. It sucks. There's no other way to put it. Mm -hmm. It sucks. Um, but when it comes to like curved edges, like carving gouges or uh, hollow and round plane blades, you know, weirdly shaped spoke shaped blades, things like that. Um, the, the, the freehand sharpening thing, if it is a convex shaped edge, you can use a, you know, regular flat stone without a problem. I recommend diamond stones because the best way to do this freehand is to kind of lock your whole upper body. And I call it, um, the fifth grade dance move where you just kind of rock side to side <laughs> from, from your ankles, really. Um, it's that, it's that fifth grade dance move that we all knew so well, um, that works really well, but the minute you get into a concave shaped edge, you can't use flat stones. So the way I do that is, um, well, I, I, I've, um, 
straps, a lot of straps that are set up with specific profiles. But one of the easiest way to do this is to grab a wooden dowel and some sandpaper wrapped around it. So like if you're sharpening, say, you know, a hollow plane blade that is a number six hollow, that number six hollow is going to be a three eighths inch radius. So if you can get a three eighths inch dowel, um, you can wrap sandpaper around it and you can use that freehanded to sharpen that edge. Hmm. Um, the actual freehand technique on stones is really not dramatically different from straight edges and things like that. Um, if you've got a feel for kind of feeling the bevel um, and, and working those uh, freehand, it's not going to vary that much. But I do, as I said, recommend the diamond stone because it's really easy to wear a hollow into a water stone. And with curved edges, you, you can't really move back and forth and use the whole stone very easily. Um, that's a real uh, surefire way to kind of change the bevel on you. So you just kind of move in the same track over and over again. But yeah, um, the reason that I got a Tormek years ago is because I had so many different types of edges from turning tools to carving gouges to molding plane blades to just regular chisels. And the, the Tormek can kind of handle all of them. So as a long-term solution, yes, it's expensive. Although there's a lot of different options now. When I got it, Tormek was the only game in town. Like Jet didn't even have an offering. Grizzly certainly didn't have an offering. And Tormek didn't have three different price points either. Mm. So there's actually quite a few different options that can help you out um, to give it a shot. So yeah, that that would be my recommendation. If if it's turning tools, you know, unless you're buying like some sort of Wolverine jig or something like that for your standard grinding wheel, uh, which is a perfectly valid option. If you're looking at other types of tools, the Tormek really, or a Tormek-ish machine um, is really a great option for those weirdly shaped blades. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today. Family owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over 49 bucks. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a $250 gift card. Very nice. Yeah. If uh, <coughs> you guys think that uh, you could win a $250 gift card, or that if we really should shed some light on the unknown member of the Spagnolo team. <laughs> Where is she? Trixie Spagnolo. Where's she hiding? Oh. I'm just going to go with Trixie. Trixie I don't know why. Spagnolo. I don't know why that's six I should have named my daughter that. <laughs> Trixie Spagnolo. Sister works yeah. If, if you think we should bring Trixie Spagnolo onto the show, then, then write in. <laughs> Send in your questions. Go, go to woodtalkshow.com and hashtag Trixie Spagnolo. <laughs> And uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm just just losing all rational thought at this point. So yeah, just send us an email, folks. Woodtalkshow at gmail.com. And any Trixie references you want to throw in. There you go. It's all good. <laughs> all right, then. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.